Hey fellow superhero cinephiles, did you know that almost 30% of adults say they haven't read a book in the past year? The primary reason why is a lack of time. Well, Audible's here to help with the gift of found time. Thanks to Audible, you can listen to audiobooks like Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, or Slugfest, inside the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. Read up on the history of superheroes in comics and movies with Grant Morrison's Super Gods. You can also check out Vanguard, my original superhero novel series, or try The Vril Agenda or The Adventures of Fortune McCall, both of which were written by our dearly departed host emeritus, Derek Ferguson. Whatever you're looking for, Audible has thousands of titles that you can consume while commuting, exercising, cooking, or just relaxing at home. And not only audiobooks, an Audible membership also gives you access to tons of content like podcasts, theatrical performances, and exclusive Audible originals that you won't find anywhere else. To give you a taste of what you can get, Audible has partnered with this show to provide listeners with a free 30-day trial. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash supercinemapod, and with your free trial, you get one free audiobook and two free Audible originals. In fact, you get to keep those titles even if you cancel before the trial is over. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to audibletrial.com slash supercinemapod and start your free trial today. Mr. Bradley, um, we gotta do something. We gotta tell somebody. No. Leave me dead. My name is buried. But the world's different now. I know people. Man, that's why you're here? You think things are different? You think times are different? You think I wouldn't be dead in a day if you brought me out? You wanna believe jail was my fault? Because you got that white man's shield. They were worried my story might get out. So they erased me, my history. But they've been doing that for 500 years. <laughs> Pledge allegiance to that, my brother. They will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and we're continuing on from our last episode. Got Kellen Conley back here in the chair, and we're ready to talk about episodes four through six of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Kel, how you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. Good. Got a chance to see that both my wife and uh, daughter are going back to sleep. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Mine's getting ready to go to bed. So I completely can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She, she wakes me up at like seven in the morning and then, you know, as soon as I'm up and I can't go back to sleep, then she goes down for a nap. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Kids. What are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So we're talking about the last three episodes of the Falcon and the winter soldier. I still can't Um, believe this has only been, was only six episodes. I know. Yeah. The, the whole world is watching episode four, episode Mm -hmm. five is truth and episode six, one world, one people. Um, So where do you want to start with these episodes? I think think Uh, probably the first one is um, the, the big Wakanda reveal in episode four, what the big showdown with the Dora Milaje and, um, and the guys. 
Yeah, you mean the one that they lost? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they they the unequivocally unequivocally lost that fight, man. Like mm-hmm. Dormelage do not play at all. Um, and obviously they were after Zemo because of the events of Civil War because they killed King T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, Dora Wakanda never forgets, as we saw in Black Panther when they mm-hmm. were going after Claw. Um, and Claude stole that uh, um, vibrating them years ago, but yet they're still like, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming for his ass. Yeah, yeah, that belongs to us. So, um, no, it, it was very cool to see the Wakanda call back for Bucky. And I had mentioned this in the last episode, but having the fail safe in his arm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when he literally were able to take his arm away from him. I mean, obviously, he's still Bucky and a winter soldier, he can still hold his own, but it's a little more difficult when you only have one arm. And yeah, everybody just got their ass beat. <laughs> everybody lost in this one, man. It, one thing it, I loved it, about that is even Sebastian Stad looked surprised by the arm coming off. Like you just, oh like, yeah, because he had no was, clue. Yeah, like, that was such, that such, that was such good him. acting on his part, though, because you know you, all that's done in post production, right? So for yes. them to, for like his reaction is so great in that moment. Um, and that's just such a, it's such a Wakanda thing to do to have this. Yeah. It's such a Black Panther. That's that's from the comics I'm talking about. Like Black Panther in the comics totally mm-hmm. has ways to like kill every single one of the superheroes. Yes. Yeah. He he is always prepared for anything. Mm. Um, he's not Batman level prepared, but uh, oh, I'd say he's superhero. probably. I'd say he's more than Batman level prepared in some cases. <laughs> he he might be. Um, like if anybody has um case studies on how to beat everybody, like you said, it, it would definitely be T'Challa. Yeah. So I, I love that. I completely loved it. And yeah, I mean, they came and handled their business and then they're like, um, yeah, bring a Zemo or uh, we're going to come back and see you. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> it's also nice to see Io get some more development here and to have that connection established between uh, her and Bucky because mm-hmm. you don't really get the sense of how integrated Bucky was in Wakanda during that time. Cause yeah. we just got, cause we see him, you know, at the end of civil war, he gets put in the ice. And then we see him at the end of black Panther being, you know, uh, being woken, you know, appearing at the end there and then mm, getting the arm. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't really get a sense of like whether or not he was really integrated into, um, into Wakanda society, but based on the interactions he has with Io and the, and the stuff he says about his time in Wakanda, you get the sense that it was actually, you know, he actually spent a lot of time there and he was actually pretty, pretty integrated into their society. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I would imagine that would be something that he wanted, especially once the brainwashing was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, he's he's never truly had a home for years um, because he's always been a pawn as the Winter Soldier. Right. So having a place to call home and then being a place that's so built upon family as Wakanda, um, naturally, I, I could see, um, <laughs> even though he um, they, they, um, they thought that he had killed King T'Chaka initially in Civil War, even with all of that bad blood that was there to to see how Wakanda and the Black Panther were able to for, forgive all of that and really one help him escape mm-hmm. the brainwashing and then two let's how much time do we know really passed between civil war and and obviously it was um it was like a week in between the assassination attempt mm-hmm. uh, on the Black Panther so so honestly dang like let, let's say Black Panther takes place over like two like a month or so month mm-hmm. and a half like they they kind of got him unbrainwashed pretty quickly and then C- civil war probably happens a few months later so he was there for a decent amount of time he wasn't there for like any five years or anything like that but well, actually i think he probably was because the mcu movies they tend to move in real time for the most mm-hmm. part so yeah um 
Black Panther came out what 2017, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then Infinity War came out in 2019. So that's a good two years he's spending there at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So and I I just can't see them again, especially with T'Challa's message at the end of Black Panther mm-hmm. about wanting to kind of open up the Wakanda to the world and you know kind of let it be known that who Wakanda is really instead of hiding all these years. Um, I, I really can't see them, even if he is a colonizer, <laughs> see them treating <laughs> treating him any differently because especially in as black people around the world can attest to because we've been treated differently um throughout history i can't see them treating him any different fictional character or not wakanda is like supposedly this technological perfect society country and in that fashion it would only be right that they would just welcome him with open arms once they knew he was okay i mean uh possibly but i think also there's another aspect because of the fact that they've been isolationists for so long they haven't really mm-hmm. had any of that because i think you kind of see that with um uh daniel kaluuya's character in black panther when he talks about when he's like against bringing refugees into wakanda oh yeah, yeah. so i think there, there's that as there's there's definitely a xenophobic element to to wakanda um and, it ain't perfect it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be perfect. i think that's a mm-hmm it's a really interesting real world parallel because, you know, the type of society you're in is really going to dictate, you know, the way you're treated. Like, you know, in America, I'm a white guy in America. I'm, you know, top of the pyramid, but, you know, I come to Japan and, you know, we're, (laughs) it's like your, your, your token minority status here. It's like, you're the, you're, you're like the, you're like the model minority here. It's like, Oh, look, you look so cute trying to speak Japanese. (laughs) But you know, we're not, but we're not going to give you, but we're not going to give you a loan or anything like that. So, so you get, you get a lot of those issues here and it, it's not the, it's not a one-to-one comparison, obviously, but it's interest. It it definitely has a similar aspect. Yeah. 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 Definitely opened my eyes to a lot of that stuff since moving here. I could see that it moved my, my best friend actually moved to New Zealand in late 2019 and he's, he's still adapting to how different things are there. It's Mm -hmm. just a constant constant thing to i mean he, he's indian but he's still he's white so he's like he's um biracial so mm-hmm. here like you said he was white and got looked at one way and there he is literally a colonizer who came mm-hmm. over from america and he, he lives um in wellington and they don't treat him rudely but at the same time he's looked at differently yeah. Plus, his wife's asian on top of that so i'm sure he, he catches a lot of stray looks that he doesn't deserve mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um and i i love how uh just the whole thing with the dorm lot i was not expecting to get this much development of bucky's time in wakanda here i thought that was no um I, I like you said, I didn't expect them to, re, to revisit that either. But now we kind of can talk about Bucky's development, like we did mm-hmm. Sam's development, where again, he was always just he Bucky he was a winter soldier bad guy. Oh, I'm not a bad guy, I'm gonna save Cap, but I am a bad guy and stuff. And then it's like, oh, I'm better. Oh, I lost my arm, I'm whipped out. So it was constantly something was happening to Bucky. Mm-hmm. Bucky was never around for any of those character building moments because even though he had a whole movie named after him, he was a side character, yeah. he was always he was always in the background of cap so getting to see um that he did have familiar um familiar relations with dora milaje was really cool and then also to to see how much respect and admiration he had for him too because he he's he told sam straight up he's like yo we're done like we shouldn't mess around they're here like let's just do what they want Mm. and and sam's like no way and he's like 
come on, Sam. <laughs> you, you you know T'Challa. Like, <laughs> I don't think you want to go down this route. So, and um, it really, I thought one of the things it did really well too was it it really kind of illustrated how um, how really lost Bucky is now because you mm-hmm. know. And I think that's something we kind of take for granted when we see him first in the therapist's office, right? And we see him talking about, and you see he's got, and you see he's trying to build a life here, but you get the sense that there's there's something missing there. And then you realize yeah. when you when you see him interacting with Io and when she forbids him from returning to Wakanda, mm-hmm. there's, it, it really kind of clicked for me when I'm just like, oh my God, this guy really has no place left. Like no place you know, to go. Because when he got out of the, when he's deprogrammed and everything, he's still got Steve, at least. Yeah. But now Steve's gone. And so yeah. now he's got, like he says it in Bucky, to, no, no, he is Bucky, as he says to Sam mm-hmm. in, that, in that episode, you know, that shield is the closest thing I have left to a family. And, right. and it's just like, it really puts that all into perspective, like how, like the, his, his visceral reaction to Sam giving up the shield and it puts that all into the new context and you realize that you know he's got you know he doesn't have cap he's not technically an avenger and even if he is you know the avengers aren't really a thing right now we don't really know no. on with them um you know sam's like the closest thing he has to a friend and they kind of hate each other <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, but he has like he doesn't even have a, a home now because his only yeah. the only home he's really known in the past you know 70 plus years has been wakanda right right and like because his old home you know brooklyn that's you know it's not it's not the brooklyn he grew up it's not the same brooklyn right yeah yeah Yeah, man um that's a good point because i i yeah i mean she literally said don't don't come back to wakanda Mm. um and again he knows that they don't play around like she she ain't say that jokingly yeah so he can't just show up tomorrow like hey here i am you know um so he, he truly, in a Captain America sense, is a, is a man without a country, a man mm-hmm. without a home. Yeah. Um, a nomad, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it's, um, it, it really is crazy that, again, just like Sam is struggling to kind of stand on his own two feet as Sam Wilson, Bucky is doing the same and struggling to find his own way in the world because there's no big fights to fight. I mean, obviously they're in the middle of a, something that they're trying to handle, but it's not like a Thanos level threat. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's just not any of these major things. They're, they're literally just trying to get through our day to day prior to the events of the show. And neither one of them are, are being very successful right now. Um, so it shows how much that they truly need each other as much as they kind of hate the fact they need each other. Yeah. I, I loved um zemo's speech too about uh about the super soldiers and about mm-hmm. that connection like you know you know having a super soldier means that you you inherently think it's a supremacy ide- ideology and just like yeah and I put a whole new spin on because it's no longer just revenge for sokovia right it's it's gone no. beyond that it's like this whole worldview he has now and um and i thought that was that was a really really cool thing to do and one of the little things here is you know they tell him it's like well steve wasn't like that and mm-hmm. and buck and zemo doesn't push them back on it right he says you're right steve wasn't like that but how many steve rogers do you know and i thought that was an interesting yes. moment because it shows that zemo's got some respect for steve and i thought that was really cool that that's that's the power of 
of Steve Rogers, man. Like mm-hmm. comic books, MCU. At the end of the day, you can put anybody with the shield, um, John Walker, Sam, Bucky, um, and Sam and Bucky and, and John Walker times tried to be the best Captain America they could be, but there was only one person chosen to be the be the first person experimented on with the suit. Well, that we know of <laughs> um with this the um super soldier serum. And it was Steve Rogers, and it wasn't because he was big, tough, strong guy in the mm-hmm. movies. It was the one who used his brain, and he actually, he he was all heart. Like yeah. the man jumped on what he thought was a live grenade for a bunch of people who hated him in mm-hmm. in uh, the first Avenger. Man, like that, and that was that was the moment that sealed it. Like all of them soldiers that he was in camp with hated his guts. They're like, you're too small other than Bucky. And I think Bucky was, was Bucky he wasn't his... even in the camp. No, no. Yeah. He yeah. Was, Bucky was, was already was, going. Yeah. So the fact that scrawny Steve Rogers from Brooklyn was willing to risk his whole life to save everyone else and cover up a live grenade mm-hmm. and nobody else did. Everybody else is ducked and covered that, that, that is what made Steve Rogers Captain America. It wasn't the super soldier serum. It was who Steve Rogers was at that um, moment. Right. When he- well, I mean, I love that. And that's something that they keep going back to, right? Is mm-hmm. something that what Erskine talked about in the first in the first Avenger is he says that, you know, the serum amplifies what's already there, right? Yeah. So bad becomes worse and good becomes better. And and like we saw of Red Skull. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and Lamar es- echoes that too, right? He says that the super soldier serum, it makes you more of what you already are. Mm-hmm. And and um, and unfortunately, we didn't get a whole lot of exposure to John to see like how he is really. We get a little bit at the end of that of that of the episode four when he kills the guy with cap shield. And by the way, like, yeah, I mean, how? Let's, let's talk about it, man. Yeah, I mean, how? I remember watching that, just being like, "Holy shit, this is on Disney Plus." Yeah, they they spared no expense. Um, yeah, like obviously by this time. John took the serum mm-hmm. that because there was a couple of vials that was uh, floating around there. Um, and he, he ended up taking it and the, you can see the immediate difference because he's mm-hmm. tossing everybody around Bucky, Sam. And I mean, Bucky, so Bucky supposedly does Bucky have super soldier serum. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. He's got, he's got, yeah, he's got so some variant of it. Yeah. He, he's got a variant of it. And then of course he has the winter soldier training. Um, so, and military training. So, but he's throwing Bucky around like a rag doll and immediately like it triggered the worst emotions in John and um yeah mm-hmm. John and like he he just went off man and like you you could the cinematography was perfect you just see the blind rage mm-hmm. and that shield just coming down it's like yo yo is he gonna stop and we we knew he wasn't gonna stop but for a yeah. casual viewer they're probably like oh he's gonna stop he's gonna stop and then it just kept going it was just it was easily one of the most brutal scenes in MCU mm-hmm. uh, mo- movies or TV. And it was, it was done in a way to obviously show this guy shouldn't be Captain America, which is the gist they were going for. But it also showed again, just how dangerous a- again, great power comes with great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you don't accept the responsibility and in that moment, John did not. Bad things can happen. Um, and it just shows that, again, it's so hard. You can be Captain America and be called Captain America and go look at Good Morning America as Captain America. 
but you're not Captain America, even right. with the super soldier form formula. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, like that, this might be, I really like the, um, the episode that introduced Isaiah Bradley. Um, but this episode is probably my, my favorite of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was heartbroken over the, over what happened to Lamar, man. Mm-hmm. Cause clearly it, it was, it wasn't meant to go down like that. Um, but obviously John seeing red, that's his best friend. I mean, who's to say that Cap, if he had saw Bucky murdered in the same way, mm-hmm. wouldn't have been pushed to that same brink? Because again, they always there's always the old adage of with sewer villains, they always have one bad day, mm-hmm. and that one bad day pushed them too far. Uh, this is John's one bad day, and this is this is where he ended up. Um, but who knows if Steve Rogers has one bad day if he doesn't end up in a similar place where he's standing over a body. Um, with blood all over his shield. Well, we, I do know see, we like to think he doesn't, but you don't know. I think we do see it. I think, and that's kind of the contrast because we did see what happened because remember in first Avenger, he thought Bucky died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we do see that to an extent. And, and I think that shows the contrast between Steve and John really well in a way without didn't actually have anybody having to Steve take, there. take it out on immediately though. Yeah. It was the only thing. Like if Steve had a, a warm body to probably just beat the crap out of, we don't know what could happen. Steve, Steve obviously, he saw him go over uh the train blew up so they had to get out of there anyway so um we we don't and then he went back and kind of dealt with his feelings the best he could and he couldn't even get drunk by that Mm -hmm. point (laughs) yeah yes so um it's all about circumstances man yeah but i think it does show that that different and just like that image of the shield covered in blood like that and it's just and that's horrific we've seen yeah it's it's that's a scene we've seen so many times in the comic books but yeah to see it in live action like that and in that context like it's and i think that did a really good job of illustrating why this guy cannot be captain america yeah um, um and, they use that a lot during the comic book civil war like when mm-hmm. cap died um with the blood covered shield and everything right so yeah it was definitely imagery we were used to and it's but even still even with being used to that i was surprised by how how shocking it was to me they and, went for it man yeah and you know all credit too to to wyatt russell for you know really selling that rage like he's mm-hmm. you know i mean the guy was so good at being a jackass and being you know um in this mo- in this show that you know motherfuckers were giving him death threats <laughs> of course because that that's what we do when we think that you're a bad person in a tv show obviously you're a bad person in real life wow. like which is crazy to me mm-hmm. but okay like I'm still, I'm sure there's still actors out there who get uh, unfriendly emails about a portrayal that they were in a movie because people just can't separate life from, from fiction. Well, do you ever see uh, How I Met Your Mother? Oh yeah. You remember yeah. Uh, William Zabka's appearances in Plessy? He talks about how like, you know, everyone just like throwing popcorn at him everywhere he Yes. Went. And like even his mom, when she calls him, she's like, boo! <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to think of that as a spiritual uh, um as the reason that we have Cobra Kai. I, I was thinking could, the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this would never happen if Barney didn't um, take Johnny's side in the first place. And somebody's <laughs> like, maybe we should tell Johnny's side of it. And it's way more compelling than anyone thought it would be. So, mm-hmm. But, and then there's the um, the dishonorable, or the other than honorable discharge scene when he gets chewed out by the senator and all that. And mm-hmm. I think one of the best parts of that is when, you know, John says to them, you built me right yeah i'm exactly what you made me to be and now you're punishing me because i'm doing what you made me to do right out of the comic books yeah not only right out of the comic books but 
you know, so realistic because that's what the U.S. government has done, right? It's like you, yeah, you, you know, we, you know, we build these people up to, and then you know, when you have things like you know the My Lai massacre in Vietnam, or mm-hmm. you know, or Abu Ghraib, and we're like, oh, we're horrified. We this should never have happened. We don't know how this happens. Like, well, you you fucking dehumanize. You put us in this. You, you put them in the position. You yeah. you you dehumanize the enemy. What do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, we we didn't think all oh, that would happen, but but again, it, it's that. What was that? Um, that quote that you said earlier about the the dick swinging. <laughs> oh yeah, adolescent exercise and dick waving. Yeah, yeah, it, that's exactly what um the the U.S. tends to do. They're like mm-hmm. they're always uh dick waving, and then when a dick gets waved too far, they're like, oh oh well, we didn't, we didn't want we that. Didn't to... made, we didn't mean to wave it that far. God, like <laughs> we you think we're monsters, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You guys are the bad guys. Um, something I wanted to ask you about um that that bothered me on the show, Perry. Um, did Sam did Sam's empathy for Carly seem I like I, I know he him I know it's important for him to sympathize with her mm-hmm. cause, obviously, and the flag smashers as a whole, but I really felt like at no point, even in the season finale. <laughs> I was like, you know, he, he doesn't have what it takes to take her down. Though. He, mm-hmm. Like, he, he can't bring himself to do it. Did that bother you at all? Because I saw it, it didn't really bother me too much. Um, but it was more along the lines of at some point, you got to draw a line. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you've went so far. I got to stop you. And I never felt like Sam got to that point. And there was a lot of venom for <laughs> um, venom for Sam on the internet, just about how he was treating Carly as well. And even Bucky mentioned it to him a little bit in the show. It was like, hey, you, you know that she's, the re- we got to stop her and everything and, mm-hmm. and sam's like yeah but i gotta i gotta talk to her i gotta reach her did you think they kind of went a little too far with sam constantly trying to kind of change her mind and and kind of and kind of make her realize that what she's doing is wrong or did you feel like it was the right amount no i think i think you're definitely right i think they did push that too much and this could be another example of it being a victim to the changes in the scripts mm-hmm. due to COVID-19 and everything in the pandemic. Yeah. And I think that might've been a factor in it, but it definitely felt like at some point, like you said, you got to draw a line because I think even at, you know, you get to threatening a point his sister. Real, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> when, when she's threatening your sister and your nephews, I mean, that's yeah. kind of got to be a line in the sand you draw there. I mean, at that point, I, I think Sam should have been like, all right, you know, I, I, you have, you have a point, but I got to bust your ass at some point now. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they definitely pushed that too far. Um, so yeah. That, that was the one thing about Sam's portrayal. I was just like, come on, man. Like, like the words, the part where you're like, all right, I'm ready to go kick butt. And it, it like, we got the part where he's like, I'm ready to go be cap. And it was like, he's like, I am a black man as Captain America. And I hope you can respect me, which his speech was way better than that. <laughs> but um, th- those are important. But at the same time, it's like you need to be able to, you know, the line ends here and, and put that foot in the sand mm-hmm. and, and really push back against against the opposition. And and he didn't really get that moment to shine, um, especially against Carly a, a, as the main antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt, I mean, Carly in general, I felt she was, she was handled kind of unevenly. And yeah. I think that she's, and, I, and again, that could be, you know, a victim of the writing um, and the changes, but, but mm-hmm. you know, I thought, you know, it starts off, she's got a good point, but then at, I think the show 
keeps trying to paint her as too sympathetic, even after the show has kind of made her out to be beyond the point of sympathy. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, for example, you you draw a comparison. If you draw a comparison, to some of the other characters that we've got sympathy for, like Zemo in Civil War, or mm-hmm. or Zemo in the show, even or um, Thanos in Infinity War, or or Killmonger in in Killmonger. Black Panther, like there's. Mm-hmm. Each time you you can understand their point, but the the movie still says like, okay, here's the line, and here's the point when they cross the line. Yeah. And once they cross that line, then you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, they got a point, but I still want to see you get your ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. The, sh- the show though, it it with Carly, it seems like it goes, you know what? Here's the line. Here she is, but the show's still trying to convince us that we're over here. It's like the show's not caught up to her actions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that because I, I wasn't like crazy, like, oh my god, Sam, like I, I can't believe you. But at the same time, I was like, I just wanted him to put his foot down, and he never did. Yeah, he was like, he was set, that parents like, all right, you stop that down. All right, I made it this last time, <laughs> one more time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just kept doing it and doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a definite weakness, especially when you compare it to like how he treats um, how he treats Zemo, how he treats you know John. I think there's a lot oh, yeah. more. It's a lot. He's a lot harsher. He's a lot more judge, judgmental of those actions, but less about Carly. And I, I thought that was a very that was a huge disconnect in the series. Yeah, and I don't know if it like maybe he kind of saw her as um, especially because he has the nephew and everything. Like mm-hmm. maybe saw her as some because she was so young that. Um, there was still time to maybe kind of save her, um, but it, it just didn't come across the way I yeah. think they wanted to. I think so too. Um, let's talk about Sharon Carter because I mean, <laughs> this is—I thought it was so cool to get to finally see her have like you know a role with with some weight to it because we yeah. see her in you know she gets that little bit in you know Winter Soldier, you know she gets a little bit in Civil War, but steals you know, Cap's uh, speech. Yeah, steals <laughs> Cap's speech, um, and then. And then they, and you know, they were kind of, it seemed like they were kind of trying to lead up to something between them, like in the comics, but you know, the Peggy fan base is too strong with the movies. And so they had to go back to Peggy in the, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they went back to Peggy. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> I, I, I really don't want to think about that timeline beyond him getting to go back and have that dance. Um, mm-hmm. So the, let's just leave it over there. Um, <laughs> Sharon kicks a ton of ass though, mm-hmm. man. Like, um, Obviously, they find her in Madripoor, and like, like she's she's already matched. Like, I can't go back to my country. This is BS. Like, I, I can't. Like, I helped Steve, and and nobody's letting me in. Like, I got no contacts. Is and like she's she's super mad. Mm. And I was like, I was like, yes. Like, I'm glad that we're seeing this kind of fallout from again from the Sokovia Accords mm. because obviously we know that that uh tony and cap weren't talking and and they went their separate ways and then thanos showed up everybody had to kind of make up as the action was unfolding but um just just like with the blip um there is an important time frame that we're missing with a lot of these characters like Mm -hmm. sam was on the run with cap obviously um bucky was in wakanda and and we're seeing shades of that so there's whenever they do a season two there's still a whole lot a whole bunch of stuff they can explore with those time those uh time frames with bucky and and sam but to really see sharon who was literally the odd man out especially once all the superheroes showed up in civil war and she was like an afterthought after that she she literally to say like i can't go home um i'm a traitor and 
um, I need your help. But then it was Sam that offered, hey, I can I can get you pardoned or something. Mm-hmm. Like my man can't even get a loan. How's he going to get a yeah, pardon? Yeah, I thought that was kind of like, like, wait, Sam, aren't you kind of overselling your your influence? Yeah, here? like like even like Rhodey's in the military still, like maybe Rhodey could call in a favor or something, mm-hmm. but he he was really selling it like he like he was already Captain America and he was on payroll or something. But he's yeah. like, yeah, we'll, we'll get your pardon. Just help us out. Mm-hmm. And and Sharon never bought into into this chick for a second. She was like, okay, yeah, I'll help. And but it was more out of a thing for more out of respect for Cap than it mm-hmm. was. I actually think you guys can help me as we saw down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah uh i i really loved everything that sharon did in this series and i can't really say much like the end the end reveal that we're going to talk about here in a little bit um i didn't hate it i didn't like it i was just kind of like meh i saw Mm -hmm. it coming but i really enjoyed her character development that we got in the episodes leading up to this finale well, let's go ahead and talk about it now, because I mean, let's talk about yeah. it now. Uh, so, like, my Boilers. thought was, I mean, <laughs> the first time I watched it, I, I think I had kind of the same thought as you. I'm like, yeah, kind of, kind of makes sense. I see how it coming. Yeah. Not sure. I really like it. Second time though, I thought it made a lot more sense. I thought it. I thought it. It when I get when I divorce it from what we know from the comics, I thought it actually worked really well, because it's that whole idea of, you know how far can a push person be pushed? Like you were saying that yeah. whole one bad day thing. And I think, I mean, it totally makes sense because, you know, I don't, they, they never mentioned it. I don't think she was, they ever mentioned if she was part of the blip or not. I think she was still, but yeah, I think, I think she was around. It. Yeah. Cause the, everybody who got blipped are like, Oh, I wasn't here for five years. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they make it a point to kind of mention it. <laughs> yeah. So like, you gotta, you gotta look at it from her perspective. Like she, she puts her ass on the line to help, mm-hmm. to help Steve and, and Sam. And then, you know, she gets, she loses her job. She becomes a traitor to her country. She's got to run away to Madripoor and she's got to, you know, build a new life for herself on the black market, basically. And she yeah. does really well for herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, um, <laughs> I felt like uh, Shang-Chi's uh, sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I feel like she took a Charlie. lot of her cues. From, yeah, thank you. She took a lot of her cues from uh, Sharon Carter because uh, yeah. I mean, when you get introduced to her, she's in charge of the the fight ring and everything. And then obviously, we know what happens at the Stinger and the Shang Chi. Mm. So uh, I definitely felt big Sharon Carter vibes from the way that she was uh, taking care of herself. Yeah. Um, and the way she was portrayed. And I thought it did make a whole lot of sense because the entire time when you know, Sam's talking to her like, yeah, I can get you a pardon. You can go back home. And she's like, she's like, oh, you think you can, you can help me go back home. And I'm, as I was watching that the first time, I'm like, wait a minute. They didn't, I mean, like, well enough. They didn't well, hide I think it. That's the, I think that, I think that's the, they spelled it out how, way too I think that's easy. how it works. In a way it kind of works, I think, because the first time I'm watching, I'm like, you know, she's got this, you know, she, she's rich. She's got this really nice, you know, penthouse apartment with like has resources freaking art gallery she's got all these resources and all that i'm why like why does she need to go home yeah why does she need to go home i mean like you know go to a place where you're not even gonna have health care and you can't get a loan to the bank so <laughs> right and i'm like and i'm thinking to myself when i'm like why would she want to give all that up to go back to what she used to be doing and then when they get to the end there and you know she does she does that thing where she she gets on the phone and she says you know no more super soldiers but i've got access to a lot more stuff it totally makes sense because, you know, she got sold out by her country. Mm-hmm. Um, after the blip, you know, 
Steve was back in New York. Steve went back to the vendor's compound. He wasn't on the run anymore. And he wasn't he trying never to find came her. Back you know. that, that's a great point. That's a, that's a whole nother a thing that can be, um, can they can do with her in the next yeah. season too? Well, I don't think they're doing the next season because they said they're doing. Uh, I don't think they're going to do another season because they said they're going to do uh, Captain America four. Oh, okay, well that that would make sense. But yeah, but I, I would love to see like, I mean, you know what I want to see? Like my dream MCU project would be like an animated series or something, or a comic series or whatever set between two eras. One, the time between Civil War and infinity war and another one is in the time between infinity war and Endgame. i think those are two yeah vastly unexplored areas with a whole lot of time a lot of stuff can happen in there especially in the case of you know the five-year gap in, in Endgame. yeah and just like you know and there's so much story potential like you know yeah. we know that the avengers are obviously still active because we see them you know black widow's calling the place and everything from the compound and everything so we know they're mm -hmm. still doing stuff so, you know, and that's that's such a rich area for exploration. I would love to see what other stuff had happened in that time. Yeah, and we know from what if that they're fully capable of doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. and just give me 10 episodes and set it in different eras and just tell the story. And the voice actors obviously will come mm -hmm. back. They came back from what if. I mean, Chadwick Boseman's last Tom's T'Challa was um, doing what if. Yeah. And he was like in two episodes, which is crazy. So it'd be a very easy thing to do. And th there's a, a vast array of stories that need to be told that can be built upon or just stand alone on their own. It, it's, yeah. it's a it's a wealth of of unexplored territory. Yeah. I so love that I idea. yeah. So I think it makes a whole lot of sense for her to become the power broker because mm -hmm. and then to to still you know commit to being you know betraying her country because you know her country kind of betrayed her first. So you uh, know yeah. this is kind of like her getting just getting back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. Um. Like I said, I wish they weren't so obvious when they first mm. they first brought it on because they were talking about the power broker, power broker, power broker. She's like, oh, I'm power broker. I'm like, like, come on, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we know, we know. And I'm glad that they didn't go for the reveal immediately because then we know there's a that they're traveling with the power broker. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I I, I kind of wish I was just more surprised at when it happened. But like you said in the grand scheme of everything, especially with what happened to Sharon Carter in between those two time periods, why not be the power broker? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it makes it, it, I didn't like it at first, but on the repeat view, it definitely makes a whole lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Cause I think yeah. it, it opens up a lot of interesting story potential. Um, and it gives Sharon something to do because, you know, obviously she can't be Cap's girlfriend now, so they got to find something else for her to do. And I think, and I like that they're just not dropping her that they're, yeah. they're finding something for her to do. Yeah, which is, which uh, I'm, I agree. Because, I mean, who who thought we'd ever see her again after Civil War? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and Emily Van Camp, like she she definitely deserves more more time in this than what, she, mm -hmm. than what she's gotten so far. Um, and also got to talk about um, one of my favorite appearances in this show was Julia Louis-Dreyfus popping up as, as the Contessa. I just like- Oh, man. Talk about a uh, talk about a, a sort of real surprise, man. Mm -hmm. That 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 was absolutely amazing, and like obviously she's going to go on to be a, a part of the MCU. She's already been in Black Widow, mm -hmm. um, so they're going to continue to to go back to that well. Like I don't know if she'll ever have to be like full blown uh, red carpet. I'm in this movie, like mm -hmm. especially in the Contessa role. But her role again, just like the Power Broker, there's so many possibilities they can build yeah. upon. 
so much they can do with her. Well, and she's just, she's just got like such the perfect entrance in mm-hmm. this show. Like just the way she appears, the way she starts talking, the way she hands him the business card that has nothing written on it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And everybody thinks she's a hot mess is the, mm-hmm. is the crazy part when you first meet her, but she, she's pretty connected. Yeah. And we're, we're obviously each appearance, we're learning more and more about what, what she has going on. So um, yeah, I, I love the casting choice. I've always loved Julia, Julia Louie. Um, from especially from the Seinfeld days, obviously, mm. and her work on um VP. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing seeing more from her, man. Um, I'm I'm glad to see not that the MCU's ever had a, a star power problem, but it's nice to see those really established actors that we know really well mm-hmm. coming in MCU MCU and getting in the sandbox and and having fun with their characters. Well, I mean, I think after after Robert Redford appeared as a villain like after that you know all bets are off it's just like you know if they can get That's robert true. redford and it's like there there's like nobody they can't get now that that w- that was a pretty big get at the time mm-hmm. i i forget um how, how big of a deal because i've seen winter soldier like i can close my eyes and watch it yeah so it's no big deal to see him now but in that moment i knew he was already cast in the movie but but to see him and then eventually for him to be the bad guy i was like oh my god mm-hmm. this is incredible <laughs> yeah and um uh you know what uh I thought the the last episode I felt was really kind of the weakest of the bunch. Yeah. I mean, it definitely it felt the like most affected by COVID had to be. Yeah, yeah, because it, it felt like there was there was too much story left, and they they just kind of like had to wrap it up kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. And I felt that a yeah. lot of stuff kind of got thrown under the bus because of that. Yeah, um, I mean. Let, let's just talk about real quick that uh the power broker killed batrock mm-hmm. <laughs> just as much as we are happy to see him he was gone again yeah i was um, disappointed by that i'm just like yeah i'm like yeah batrock's back we're gonna see more batrock and he's dead okay. <laughs> <laughs> and never mind yeah uh obviously the the f- super powered uh flag smashers they all got easily disposed of mm-hmm. um by uh zemo's butler who um which is which is a nice callback because um we got to introduce to him after he broke out of prison. We didn't even talk about the good fact that they broke him out of prison. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, like, that was such a great scene when, when Bucky's going over the, the potential plan to break Zemo out of prison. Yes. And then you find out he's, he's just recounting what he's already done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all done. It seems uh-huh. like, um, Bucky, what, what, what the fuck? <laughs> Pretty much, you know? Um, yeah, that that was a great scene. Uh, I, I rewatched that when I first watched it. I actually went back and watched it again mm-hmm. because I, I was I was definitely uh, pumped for how all that worked out. I love a good prison break. Mm-hmm. So I'm a sucker for one of those. Um, but yeah, we got introduced to the butler in that episode. Um, and when he's like, I'm a baron. And then he's the one that actually takes out the super soldiers. And then, of course, um, Sam, who had been training with the shield after he took it off of... Um, john after mm. john killed um killed the flag smasher um r.i.p man that was a brutal way to go well something else too <laughs> about that flag smasher is that was the guy who also said that you know when i was a kid captain america was my favorite superhero yes that made that, it even more cringe yeah, wasn't yeah, it yeah 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 cap was my favorite and then the, for his last moments to be that damn shield just crushing mm. to death oh yeah man great great storytelling marvel yeah great. yeah um the butler, though, I also this is going back to what we talked about last episode, but I do love that that part when 
they're on Zemo's plane and Zemo's talking to the butler in Sokovian or whatever. And he says, you know, see if there's any expired, any meat back there. If it's past the expiration date, give it to them. <laughs> right. He's all, he's always trying to find a way to do him, do him dirty on the side, like without completely betraying them. Yeah. Cause for the most part, Zemo held up his end of the bargain. Like mm-hmm. um, even, even like up to the Dormelage taking him, like, he he didn't like we all was expecting him to turn on him at some point mm-hmm. um and he, he just he never did and obviously we're we're probably hoping this leads into thunderbolts bolts at some mm-hmm. point but it, it was very cool to see him honor the contract he made and not just do the super villain thing and be like ha ha i got you why you're stupid you're too stupid to trust me mm-hmm. so um i did i did appreciate that about his character as well yeah, it, it harkens back to something Bucky said earlier, right? He's, when he said, you know, Zemo's got a code. And, mm. and I like that they, they, they stuck with that. They maintained that, that, yeah, Zemo's, you know, he made a deal. He's going to honor the deal. And I thought that was really, really good work on Marvel for doing that. Instead yeah. of going the, the obvious route of just having Zemo betray them. Um, and which has been done to death, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about isaiah's speech to um to sam when he says that you know they'll never let a black man be captain america and no self-respecting black man would ever be captain america anyway that's some real shit perry <laughs> that's a, that's a real i mean it, it hit home man because uh, again this is fr- fresh off the events of uh the summer 2020 mm-hmm. and the black lives matter movement and and the riots and everything so it, it was still fairly fresh in, in my mind and america's mind and with those events in mind, for Isaiah to, to say that to Sam, especially after Sam's like, I got the shield and I'm training and Sam's like, I think I'm going to do it like this, the next move. And then, and Isaiah's like, look, Negro, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can train all you want. You can wear whatever suit they want you to, but you're never going to be black, black America. You're never going to be Captain America, <laughs> black, black in America, uh, Captain America to them. And you, you, and no self-respecting black man should be Captain America. That that kind of taps into the whole Kaepernick argument of it all, mm-hmm. because obviously the cap, reason Kaepernick started taking a knee was to protest the way that um, police brutality against black people in America. And obviously, it turned into a big thing. He lost his job. He's not in the NFL, and now he makes Netflix money. So, who did it really work out? I'm sure it did. <laughs> but um, that that was just something when he started those protests. And myself or other people really took a look at it and got beyond the it's disrespectful to the flag and just really looked at it as damn he he's kind of right like him as an athlete all these athletes around the world all these black people in the country who who go to work every day for these corporate places and and supposedly uh, they're part of American infrastructure mm-hmm. and they're they're representing this flag or they stand for national anthem and and supposed to be honoring the the soldiers who died for him, which I 100% agree with. Like, obviously, I respect any soldier who went to war for America and for me or your rights mm-hmm. um, as Americans or as um, expatriates, as you are. Um, <laughs> but I, I completely get that. But when you break it down to the basics of does my country love me because of the color of my skin, and the answer is no, then, yeah, it's really hard to get behind the flag mm-hmm. and then to be wearing the symbol of America and literally be the same guy who was selling war bonds prior to going to break Bucky out of um, the um, Hydra camp mm-hmm. 
to be that guy on top of that guy, previous guy being so beloved and so air quotes perfect, it, it's an impossible task mm -hmm. because America won't ever respect you. They might be like, oh, there goes Captain America. But like, like on the street, like they, they see, they see uh, Sam. They're like, hey, hey, Cap, how are you? And Sam's like, oh, good. You know, just having a conversation. And then they, they go home, they sit down at their dinner table and they say, to their wife, guess who I saw? I saw the black Captain America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always like, that asterisk. Right. He's not, he's not Cap. He's, he's black Captain America. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see Isaiah's point. Obviously, the show would have been a little anticlimactic if Sam was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Let me go out here as Falcon. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it would defeat the purpose of putting him in the role of, of Cap, but uh, it, it hit close to home, way mm -hmm. too close to home pair. Yeah, and I thought that was, um, uh, I thought Sam's counter argument to that, where, you know, he's he acknowledges, and this kind of touches a lot of what you're saying, where he, like, he acknowledges everything Isaiah is saying is true. But at the same time, he says, look, you know, we built this country and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm not just going to sit down and and, you know, let them dictate it. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, I help, you know, my ancestors help build this country. You know, I know what people have gone through. I'm from the I thought that was too an interesting change that they made Sam come from the south in the MCU, whereas mm -hmm. in the in the comics, he's from Harlem. I, I thought that was a really interesting change they made. And that really kind of kind of ties into a lot of this stuff, too, because you know, my impression is that, obviously because I'm not a black man in New York and I'm, or I'm not a black man in, in, in the South, but, but Harry my impression is not is, black. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> FYI. could not be whiter <laughs> if I tried, but I'd imagine like, it's a very different kind of upbringing where if you grow up in, in Harlem in New York versus if you grow up in, in the South. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's two different worlds. Mm. And <clears throat> myself, I, I was born in Virginia. I've, was raised in West Virginia. So I had a very different black experience because I, even though I was surrounded by white people, I actually um, had, a, had a pretty good uh, childhood where I, I didn't have to deal with a lot of racism, mm -hmm. um, even though I was literally one of only a few black kids in my, my county and in my area for years and years. So it, it definitely changes things to know that Sam is from the South and he knows all the history that ha that has come before him and all the awful things that have happened. And he's reminded of it every single day living in the South, because I'm sure it's not hard for him to look up and see a Confederate flag mm -hmm. um, compared to somebody who might be like Harlem Sam. Because if I remember Harlem Sam, when he's first introduced, he was it was like 70s. And so he was like, he's like, hey, man, Cap, you're a job turkey, man, <laughs> man, this is this, this is uh man, this is funky fresh, Cap, blah, blah, blah. What you going to do for, for, for the homies around the way? Except he didn't say homies. The brothers around the way, Cap. And Cap's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, because it, it was a, um, I don't, I forget who introduced. I think it was, so. I think it was Engelhart. Okay, Engelhart. So you got Engelhart introducing this black character and trying to make him sound hip at the same time to the, the slang of the time. So it, it reads very awkward in mm -hmm. 2022. Um, but even if he was a, a guy from Harlem, like his experiences in Harlem wouldn't necessarily speak to the experiences that he, he would have as someone from the South because he'd be from New York and I'm sure he would run into some, some bad cops and stuff. But New York is still from the North. And while racism is obviously still prevalent everywhere, 
it, it just is it hits different up north than mm-hmm. it does in the south yeah, yeah um yeah. and for and isaiah is from baltimore for example so that again baltimore is one of those um it, it, baltimore was in the north right that's about the mason dixon yeah so again that that is um they're from a free um area a free state at the time of the civil the original civil war not the comic book civil war Mm -hmm. so people from baltimore who were raised that way they have different experiences and they feel a certain kind of way so for isaiah obviously isaiah is speaking to the horrors that he went through from the um, super soldier program and the way he was treated and then obviously he just sees how he how he takes his experiences and he just sees how black people were treated in the country altogether so yeah, he never had the chance to be responsible for his power. Mm-hmm. Sam does have that opportunity. And again, it comes back to the to a great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, Sam could be like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm crazy for thinking this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I can. But Sam's like, no, I was given this shield by my best friend. And he didn't look at me and say, hey, black guy, take this shield and see what happens. To you. <laughs> he was like, you're my best friend. You've been there for me for years. I love you and respect you. And I want to give you the shield because I feel like you will stand up for what the, the beliefs behind this shield. Mm-hmm. And, and so he gave it to him. And then obviously he thought he wasn't ready, but now at this point he feels like he's ready to take on whatever may come at him, whether it be bad truck or racism in that costume mm-hmm. and as identity of captain, captain America. Yeah. So it's just all about perspective, man. And who's to say Isaiah wouldn't have done the same if, if the roles were reversed. Yeah. Um, and that's, that whole conversation is echoed very, very well in that, in that training scene with, with mm-hmm. Bucky when they're throwing the shield around and Bucky says to him, you know, like, you know, when Steve told me his plan, I don't think either of us realized what it means for a black man to hold this shield. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I thought that was such a, powerful moment of realization because he's been busting sam's ass this entire time about the shield and and that line you know you know sam says you know the legacy of that shield is complicated and like when i saw that in the trailer i'm like oh they're going to talk about the truth they're going to do they're going to go i i i saw that coming but seeing it in context it really makes it after hearing isaiah's speech it makes it so much more poignant yeah yeah um and who who knows how much um steve and bucky deliberated over it it was might have been like just uh hey man like i gotta take these stones back tomorrow i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go f- find peggy when i take back this last mm-hmm. one and i'm gonna stay with her it's like damn cat that's deep what are you gonna do with the shield <laughs> oh well you know i was i think i'm gonna give it to sam man like i i, I feel like um I don't know what conversation like I don't want to put it on you. It's a lot of responsibility. I really feel like Sam could 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 be the next Captain America. And if I want to handpick my successor, I want to be Sam. And like, all right, cool, Cap. And that was probably it. Like it was it was probably like a, a footnote. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think Bucky would have fought Steve on that, especially but it's because of the the relationship they had and the respect they have for for one another. Like after Steve became Cap you they were always like friends and you know the camaraderie was there Mm -hmm. but you don't see bucky busting caps chops like that like he he'll he'll try Mm -hmm. the same time it's kind of hard because he's freaking adonis yes (laughs) so i feel like especially after he saved his life and got him out of um the camp um away from hydra like it was kind of like whatever you say goes steve like i'll I'll follow you anywhere Mm -hmm. even if it leads to my death which we thought it did so 
I don't even think he questioned it for a second. And then to see Sam's journey throughout the series and then especially with him giving it up and he's like, dude, like he, he picked you and like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be the one. He was like Morpheus. <laughs> he's like, you're the one. Like, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You're not the one. Um, resurrections aside, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah. And then obviously like, I'm sure Sam talked to him about Isaiah. I know he mentioned them like in passing conversations, but um, just even off camera, like I'm sure Sam said, yo, I went to go see, uh, see Isaiah who, um, Bucky would know about and Isaiah told me all this stuff that happened to him when mm-hmm. he was in so and that the country did to him and everything and then Bucky's like oh yeah we we didn't really think about all that we just mm-hmm. thought you were cool <laughs> <laughs> we just thought you were a good pick man like uh sorry we didn't think about everything else that goes with it but we mm-hmm. are two white guys from Brooklyn Those yeah yeah <laughs> um and and two, something else too, I that keeps think that I keep thinking about too is the fact that the uh, I think a lot of people overlook is that that's not the same shield because that shield got busted up by Thanos. Right. That's and, the one Tony gave him. Um, oh wait, no, you're right. That's a different shield. Because because about the when last he, one Tony gave him. Because I think when um, when everybody what, like a lot of people, their misconception of Endgame is that he goes back into the past and he lives with Peggy in the main timeline and just never does anything and never interacts with the world. But I think what actually happened is he he goes in a he creates another timeline. There's this whole other timeline. And talking mm-hmm. about, you know, dream projects in the MCU, like I want to see that timeline where Cap and Peggy are starting shield yes. together. And and then when he and he's got a shield One there. More and film. Then, One look, more film. Because <laughs> you look at that shield and the design is slightly different. You're right. You're right. I, and I've thought about that before too, but it, it's just so easily easy to gloss over the fact that Thanos literally like beat that mm. thing to bits and steve's arm was literally dangling yeah <laughs> when when he's like avengers assemble and like we had that when the movie theaters across the country exploded and uh cheering and everything uh definitely not the same shield where did that shield come from is a great question um and i don't i don't want some feige answer i, I want to see it like show mm-hmm. me how cap got bucky or sam's shield yeah show yeah. me yeah and um and then the the last episode, I one of the things I think was talking about things that were kind of rushed through. I think one of the things that really got kind of rushed through was um, John's kind of like redemption in a way, right? Because it's like he's you know he kills this guy with the fucking shield, he gets discharged, and and yeah. Sam and Bucky are like, and then he pops up at the end, and, and you know, hey guys, yeah, and it's just like you know he's he's patting Bucky on the back, and Bucky's you know joking with him about using the Lincoln quote, and I'm like. And like, come yeah. on, man. Like you were just talking, you just spent like, you know, five episodes talking about how this guy's such an asshole and, you know, he doesn't deserve the shield. And yeah. now he helps you out one time and you're best friends. Like you didn't even give Sam the much, that much benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it's like, hey, you look like my buddy Cap. <laughs> uh, he is pretty old. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let, maybe he thought for a second he was Steve. Um, <laughs> I know with that face, how could you get him confused? I didn't love that either. Um, I know they want they wanted to kind of sit the redemption arc. They wanted to get him on that path, especially going forward into the next project mm-hmm. they're going to use him on and get him into the U.S. agent uniform that the Contessa gives them. But and I, and I thought for a second, I did think for a second, I was like, "All right, they're going to go to route of him redeeming himself, and he's going to get killed." Mm-hmm. Like I thought for like because they they kind of hinted towards towards that being like I think a 
one point there was where his life was on the line and then he managed to survive it or something. I forget. Um, but I think they decided not to do that. And then, of course, they, they wanted to set up the U.S. agent. So it, it was cool to kind of see him be redeemed. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you should be facing some serious consequences. You mm-hmm. should be walking these streets so easily, military or not. Like, I mean, at that, the very least, I mean, I'd expect like after they, they finish busting up the flag smashers, like Bucky, like, you know, you know, punches him in the face or something. Yeah. Hit him like, hit him like Hawk did Thor, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was, that was kind of a missed opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, I do like that we're, that they gave him the U.S. agent costume in this, in this episode though. I thought yeah. that was, that was a nice little touch at the end. Very cool. Very cool. Cause I've always loved that costume. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since, uh, Steve Rogers was the captain and he wore yeah, that, yeah. that costume. So um, I'm, I'm glad that they did. They, and the MCU does such a good time with, a job with making the costumes tr- true to their originals. So I was really glad to see that they got, they nailed that costume completely. So speaking of costumes, what do you think of how they adapted um, uh, Sam's costume, Captain America costume? Um, I never loved Sam's comic iteration of it. I know that he was still, I mean, it was still kind of based on the Falcon uniform just with Cap's colors and stuff Mm -hmm. and then putting the star on it. Um, I like his MCU uniform though. I I think, especially because one is it's Wakandan too. So Mm -hmm. shout out to Wakanda. (laughs) But um, I, I actually really do like his costume. I feel like there's room for them to um, do different variations on it which obviously they're, they're going to do for toy purposes because that, mm-hmm. that's what they do with all the, the costumes. But I, I really thought it came across well on the screen. And that first time when he came to that window and he stood up that shield, man, I, I, I just couldn't help him, man. I got chills. I was like, I was like yeah, Sam's mm-hmm. Captain America, man. So, so it worked for me on all, on all facets. I thought it was, um, I thought I liked the design of it. I did feel mm-hmm. like it, 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 it felt like it was, it didn't quite fit Anthony Mackie, right? Like I think they yeah. need to do some alterations to it um because like in some of those in some of those wide poses it looks a little bit like puffy in some parts (laughs) um and and so i think you know they gotta they're gonna have to redo that when they get ready for the fourth movie yeah but but other than that uh i love i like the design one of the things i because i'm rereading the um the nick spencer uh sam wilson captain america series now Mm -hmm. and one of the things i noticed is i was you know after i watched this last episode right before i you know jumped back into the series is that in the comics, his wings are just, you know, still the red wings that they are, they were when he was Falcon. Here, they yeah. give it the red, white, and blue color scheme, which I thought yeah. was a really nice touch. I thought I thought that was very cool, too. I, th- I thought it came off a little better, um, especially with him really embracing the personification of Cap and, and being the face of America, mm-hmm. even if America doesn't want him. I, I really like the fact that they went all in like that to, to showcase um, that, he, that he's really, really doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I like, too, that they gave him a more comics-accurate costume as the Falcon, too, because up until now, he's just been wearing, like, the, the black military thing, which has some red stripes on it. But now they just put him in the the white and red suit. I really like that look, too. Yeah, that that, that just looked great, I thought. Um, like, any any time that he really got to to put it, to put the wings out mm-hmm. and uh and really uh, kind of showcase the whole costume, he, he really just looked badass in it, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. And um, and same thing with what the the little change they made to to Bucky, how they kind of blended the Winter Soldier look with the Bucky costume from mm-hmm. first Avenger. 
Yeah, and that, that was a, ni- a nice subtle nod as well, because because Bucky Bucky don't need no stinking costume, but mm-hmm. if you're if you're going to give him some kind of uniform, then I think that's the way to go. Yeah, well, I, I did love what you said back, you know, earlier. You said like he's, you know, I it'd be because I know they're they're going the White Wolf route, but I think mm-hmm. making him Nomad would be a much cooler nod to the comics. Yeah, man, that that, that you hear that MCU? We're writing your movies for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Send all checks to um superhero cinephiles, please. <laughs> Please, yeah. Um, and uh, and also we get uh, another possible hero introduced here at the end because we get uh, uh, Joaquin Torres, who became the second Falcon in the comics. He mm-hmm. gets the flight suit at the end of the of the fifth episode. Yeah, and and that was a nice callback to the very first mission that Falcon went on mm-hmm. in the whole series, and we get introduced to to um, Joaquin and and we didn't know that we were, we would see him again, you know? And then, um, I, I again, feel in MCU obviously realizes it. It's important for them to continue to build that legacy and Claremont it, as we were talking about mm-hmm. where they leave things laying around where it's like, okay, well, uh, we need a character for this. Oh yeah. Well, we do have that Falcon running around now mm-hmm. that we can just pull from somewhere. So, um, I'm glad to see that Sam is leaving his own legacy as well and not, and they're not completely abandoning the identity of Falcon or just leaving it laying around until they decide they want um, Bucky to be the um, Captain America or they, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Will they recast Steve Rogers? I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like the idea that the MCU is, is willing to uh, give known characters to, to new people yeah. and, and kind of leave that to be explored at a later time. Yeah. And um, what do you think of, the the boat fixing scene in the in the fifth episode <laughs> it, it was it was very cool it was very cool also i didn't mind that that bucky had a thing for sam's sister i, I thought I that was kind of kind of cute yeah i i thought i thought they were kind of totes adorbs together mm-hmm. um it felt very on brand for bucky to kind of be like hey i'm, I'm nailing your sister kind of thing <laughs> you know um not not that bucky would have to stoop so low but you know um it, it never hurts to have that in your back pocket when you're mm-hmm. in an argument with, with uh, your front of me <laughs> so um uh i i really did enjoy the boat the boat fixing scene though because it it showed because obviously sam has this technology and the they were government issued obviously but at the same time sam get, got to show off some of his know-how and him and Bucky got to work on a boat together and it built and built their whole uh, rapport together some more. And it, it, while they were still being Bucky and Sam, it, it was cool to see them kind of come together and figure mm-hmm. things out to get the boat working. My only thing with, I, I love the scene in general. My whole thing was the placement of it in the, in the show, because it feels like at that point they got other shit to worry about here. Yeah. And it's a very lighthearted scene in the middle yeah. of a, uh, Hey, like you said, there, there's some heavy things going on. Maybe mm-hmm. we fix the boat after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, that could have been some, another COVID rewrite where they're like, man, we got this great scene with them on the mm-hmm. boat. Where are we going to stick it? And they're like, I don't know, just throw it on episode five. We'll yeah. figure it out. I'm like, okay, okay. And so so maybe that's why we got it that way. Yeah. Um, else we want to mention here? Uh, where do you think they're going to go forward now with... Um... Now we got so now we get see Val's recruited U.S. agent, kind of mm-hmm. recruited Yelena, but after Hawkeye, you know, I'm not really sure how loyal she is now. But yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and we got Zemo in the raft, obviously. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, and Contessa name checks him too, right at the mm-hmm. end there. So she does. what do you think we're going to, where do you think we're going to be going with that? Um, well, the good thing about Captain America four is without this series, then we would have to do um, Sam's origin story to be cap. Mm-hmm. So now they don't, they don't have to worry about that. They don't have yeah. to be like, they don't have to just jump right to it where he's immediately Captain America after Endgame. They told that story. Now they can really tell something fresh. So I I would like to see them just just go completely opposite of um what we've seen before. Like we don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to see everybody from this. We don't need to see Zemo. I think obviously Bucky needs to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like they're interchangeable at this point. I don't, I don't see us getting Winter Soldier movies or Bucky movies. So we just assume at this point that if there's a Captain America movie, Bucky's going to be in it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like you can continue Bucky's story and then continue to tell Sam's story as Captain America. Um, just, just bring in some new rogues, man. Like Cap has a, a rich rogues gallery that's still hasn't really been touched i mean i know we got crossbones and batrock and obviously red skull i mean hell you could even there was multiple red skulls you you could bring Mm. back a a red skull if you wanted to um we've gotten zemo there's um there i mean you could even uh you can put agent in it obviously and you can Mm. build his story and you can put agent versus cap in, in different situations depending on what it is because he's because agent supposedly is going to fix the things captain america can't so he sounds like he's still going to be government funded obviously mm-hmm. um so he'll be on certain missions um i want to see i i think a good way to to do it would be to um go go to the cast rose gallery but we still haven't got an armor war story so mm-hmm. i mean if you if you know your armor wars, I know you do, Perry. Um, when Steve was the captain, uh, him and Iron Man actually clashed because mm-hmm. um, because Captain America was trying to protect Vault um, Guardsman who was yeah, using yeah. Tony's technology, and they they came to blows over it, and Tony won in the Silver Centurion armor, which is the best Iron Man armor. There's a hot ass take. Um, <laughs> and so I would like to see something like that because again, we've seen some of the stuff where it's like, oh, Tony's technology is out here. Um, well, but, we are actually getting an Armor Wars series. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's going to be right. with, uh, I think Rhodey's going to be the, the center of that one. Then let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let, just to get back to the my original point, just go digging through the um, Caps Rose Gallery and, and tell some cool stories that um, a new story featuring him and have, have Sam have a credible threat to go against in a movie, mm-hmm. have Bucky in it. If you want to bring Sharon in, you can. Uh, so there's different elements you can pull from you, but you don't have to reuse every single thing from Captain America or Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? To, to get there, um, I think it's possible we might see uh, Sharon possibly becoming the main antagonist. Then I think this series kind of sets her up perfectly for, yeah. for that. Um, that that's easy thing to do. That's an easy thing to do. Um, they could also do something like, uh, well, I mean, especially now you got the especially this political climate right now you could do something like a an adaptation of the two america story that Brubaker mm, did um, yeah you know when they brought back the um the nazi cap mm-hmm. basically yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you could totally do that um they they already did hydra cap a little mm. bit in winter, in winter soldier um they kind of hinted towards that but i mean 
that'd be really hard to do without Steve though. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's just so many stories where, where Cap gives up the, the shield. We know uh, Sam's not going to do that, but there can always be a situation where he's put on the run for some reason. I mean, that, that's just Cap's MO. That, that was always a go-to anyway, where it's like, Cap's without his country. He's on his own. He has no backup. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. So, so there's, a, there's a rich history they can dig through. Yeah, I, I was going to say Secret Empire, but you know, they kind of did some, a variation of that with Winter Soldier, so I don't yeah. think they're yeah, it's um, hard to sell a black knot uh, hydric cap. <laughs> that would be real interesting. No, no, not that secret empire. I meant the original secret empire. Oh, oh, gotcha. When he went My up bad. against the government. Mm-hmm. Um, but the OG. Yeah, yeah. But uh, also, like, you know, like you were saying, you know, we haven't even seen like the, the Serpent Society or anything like that. But no. that would be interesting to see what they do with that. Or, or they could just, or if they want to lean on Zemo, they could mm-hmm. use the next Captain America movie to introduce the Thunderbolts. Yeah, I was possibly. thinking too, like if, and then I'm wondering about what they do with like, because you got Zemo now, you've got US Agent, you got Yelena, mm-hmm. Abomination still out there as we saw in Shang-Chi. So yep. it really feels like they could, they got the makings for a Thunderbolt series now. Um, There's plenty of people that Spider-Man's put away that, yeah. that they could use. Um uh, I mean, we we still haven't seen what happens with Scorpion that they uh, from mm-hmm. um from um, um Homecoming, right. which uh, was in the Stinger, um Michael Mando's character. They could always build off of that. There's so many to choose from. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see if if they went the Thunderbolts route. What kind of way do you think would 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 or at least would you like to see? Would you like to see it do like the um, the hero redemption angle, like? the original Thunderbolts or would you like to see more the, the, the post civil war era where they were like, you know, almost like Marvel suicide squad. Um, I, I would, I would probably want to see the hero redemption arc at first, especially with Zemo. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't want to see Zemo ever be completely good, but, <laughs> but it would be cool to, to kind of see him take the reins of a team like that. And then also be doing his, his, bad shit on the side still mm-hmm. I, I think that could be uh, really cool especially in the machinations of it again being something that can be pulled from a, for another um tv series a movie from something zemo did in thunderbolts mm-hmm. um so I, I would go with with uh, the redeeming the villains idea first okay i think i'd probably like to see the um i lean more towards like the suicide squad version type yeah especially because you got you know walker is kind of like the servant as like the agent flag ver- role type of thing yeah um, kind of like luke cage did when he was leading the thunderbolts i think that'd be uh that's that's one way to do it too yeah there, there's you can do it either way for sure mm-hmm. i only only thing i think it would stop them is is people would be like man this reminds me of suicide squad yeah that's what i was and thinking too as i was that's saying the only that. reason yeah. why i wouldn't i think they wouldn't go there because mm-hmm. who would have thought that we'd have not one but two suicide squad movies <laughs> prior to marvel being able to get the thunderbolts yeah so, yeah <laughs> well that was such a weird th- choice when they made a suicide a suicide squad movie with all these rogues before you even introduced the heroes that have put these rogues away that's that's the dceu for you man mm. <laughs> let's just do it and see what happens yeah yeah people love well, it when mcu does that but at least we got we got james gunn suicide squad out of it and then mm. and peacemaker yeah so. peacemaker is so crazy <laughs> Every time I every time I'm watching that I'm watching that show like it gets to the intro and there's that little skip intro button I'm like oh fuck no what are you crazy no, no. <laughs> don't skip this you intro. watch that intro yeah and my daughter's getting into it now too like yeah I'm watching <laughs> when, I, 
She <laughs> loves intros to TV shows. Like does she? The X Files intro, she goes batshit over. She like search. She's like, ah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about, but she loves that intro. And then like, and I was watching uh, Peacemaker the other yesterday, and I had like two episodes left on of the current ones, mm-hmm. and intro comes on in the first episode I'm watching. She stops what she's doing. She just stops and she just stares at the screen. And then later, the second episode comes in again, same exact thing. She just stops and turns and looks at the screen as soon as she start, hears the music come on. Raising a right, man. That's yeah. what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got anything else to say about Falcon and Winter Soldier? Uh, my, my final thoughts is there is a lot of story in these six, ep- six episodes. I've already said that. Um, a lot of world building, a lot of character growth from almost everybody we saw. I, I, for it to be the next one we saw after WandaVision, I was really, really happy with how it came out. Um, and then Loki came out and I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and, and so it is, it is worthy of anyone's time to watch it. I don't care if you just watch MCU casually. I don't care if you're a diehard. You definitely need to watch it. Um, I think it has something for everybody. And just outstanding performances from um, Mackie and from Sebastian Stan and all across the board, man. Great mm-hmm. casting, great storytelling. And um looking forward to seeing more in Captain America 4. Yeah, uh, same here. I thought they did... Uh, I thought the main story is a little bit weak, but I thought everything else surrounding it is is really mm-hmm. strong. Like like you mentioned, the casting was great. Um, love seeing Daniel Brule come back as, as Zemo. He's just... And yes. just being like, I, I was so excited to see him come back. And I never, and I wasn't expecting how much I would love him. <laughs> exactly. He's doing a little dance right now. <laughs> He's doing a dance. Zemo dance. Oh God. It was so much fun. Um, you know, getting Madripoor introduced. Cause I love Madripoor. It's such a cool location in, yeah. in Marvel and seeing that. Anything can happen in Madripoor. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, fuck it, man. Let's get a Wolverine series set in Madripoor. Forget it. Forget the X-Men. I just want to see him as Patch and like running the princess bar. And shit. Oh, don't don't you play with me, Perry Constantine? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would be that would be awesome. And Marvel, if you're listening, you know, fuck, get us a Patch series, get us a get a us a Patch series, series. in for yeah. Uh, that would be have Zemo was, dance, have Zemo come in and appear as the backup dancer. <laughs> have Wolverine like walk by and smack him in the back of the head. Stop <laughs> dancing, bub. You're barren for crying out loud. Uh, but it, it, you know, we finally get to see, you know. We knew it was coming, but to actually see Sam put on the costume, I thought was 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 such a great moment. It, it was um, it was big. It was big. Yeah. Yeah, and getting the stuff with Isaiah Bradley, like I I had expected, we get some hints of Isaiah Bradley as soon as they said Carl Lumley's going to be it. I'm like, oh, they're doing Isaiah Bradley. They're going to do the truth. But I wasn't expecting the way they did it, and I thought they did such an amazing way of incorporating that into into the MCU, yeah. and. Yeah, I and mean, being like as it, real as possible with it the being team. as real as possible. Yeah, I mean, it it's got some story issues, but overall, everything surrounding the main story I thought was was just pitch perfect. I think you can easily overlook a lot of those story problems by focusing on those other things. Yeah, I, I agree. Because as much as the Flag Smashers didn't end up really being everything we wanted them to be, they they were still quite a credible threat. I didn't love Carly all the way through, mm-hmm. but um, again, her characterization. They they were we talked about it. We were trying to make her so sympathetic, and there just was no point where everybody was like, besides 
um bucky who really wanted to beat her ass <laughs> so yeah so so there was that like bucket was like oh let me get my hands on her and sam's like no let me talk to her let's talk mm-hmm. and he's like oh damn it sam <laughs> whatever um but yeah all right kel uh you want to tell people where they can find you yeah uh last episode i told you you can find me um, at my website, which is hyphenuniverse.com. I have a YouTube channel, which is also hyphenuniverse. Just type that in. I'm on Facebook under hyphenuniverse. Uh, if you like Instagram, I'm the be hyphen on there. And I'm on Twitter, be hyphen. And that's about it. And hyphen podcast group. That's where you'll find my podcast as well as other podcasts that are on our nice little network over there. So come check us out. Okay, great. And, um, you know, my stuff, all my, all my writing, all my, all my work can be found at percivalconstantine.com. This show, superherocinephiles.com. Um, drop me a line if you want to be on the show, if you want to come on and, and talk about superhero movies. It's a uh, lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun, yeah. And other than that, you know, Super Cinema Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Got a Facebook group as well. Uh, feel free to join. Feel free to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. And five stars. Five stars, yeah. And that does it for us. And we'll talk to you next time. Kel, thanks so much for coming on again. Always fun to have you on for these. Oh man. Great, great sitting in this, in this great seat, man. Thanks for having me. Always welcome back. All right. That does it for us. And we'll talk to you next time. You have been listening to the superhero cinephiles podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at super cinema pod. Join our Facebook group by searching for superhero cinephiles, where you can interact with us and other superhero fans. If you'd like to support the show, you can become a regular supporter at Patreon or make a one-time donation through PayPal, both of which can be found at our website, SuperheroCinephiles.com. If you buy or rent any movies through the Amazon links at our site, it helps support the show. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.